Well, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is by you. Welcome to Line Drive Radio, LCS edition. Welcome back, everybody. Got two series left, and we are ready to go. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cutler, holding down the board here in New York, home of the Boogie Down Bronx, Bombers. And it's time to bring in my LDR teammate, as always, Mr. Tab Bamford. Tab, what is going down in Chi-Town? Uh, other than the Bears. Uh, <laughs> look, um, just full disclosure for everybody out there in Radio Listener Land, uh, the reason that we're dropping our LCS uh, preview show uh, this morning uh, on this beautiful Wednesday, the 19th of October, is because we needed to know uh, which end of the emotional spectrum my co-host would be on. <laughs> um, because apparently uh, the good Lord didn't feel like giving us weather that wanted to cooperate in New York. And uh, the schedule makers uh, packed this thing up so tight uh, with the new three five seven game format here that you really didn't have any wiggle room. Um, so we had game one of the NLCS overlapping with elimination game at Yankee Stadium. And uh, for those uh, Cubs fans listening, it is a conflicting time of year. Uh, we're going to talk about what Kyle Schwarber did to poor you Darvish yesterday. Um, and then you've got uh, our buddy Tony Riz wearing your pinstripes. So uh, just about every team has a former Cub influence happening here. Uh, obviously, Dusty Baker managed the Cubs uh, in Houston. So really no rooting interest here in Chicago. But now that your Yankees have gotten in, uh, in large part because of the, do we say heroics? Uh, do we say uh, onions? Uh, or do we rock the cradle of Nestor Cortez? <laughs> uh, the rainout worked perfectly for the Yankees because they went from rolling out Jamison Tyon in a bullpen game to having Nestor go out and just spit filth for, you know, I think probably two or three innings longer than they needed him to. Uh, how big was Cortez for you, Paulie? Uh, it's great. I mean, just everything, you know, even uh, Wiseka and, and uh, Wandy coming in too. I mean, just the, the whole the whole pitching unit as a whole, obviously, you know, based around Garrett here and, and Nestor, it's just been fantastic. Hey, look, you know, you've always said it, man. You, you, you play the games on the schedule you, you and you work around how the schedule plays out. And if it worked out for the Yankees in terms of uh, Nestor obviously getting that extra bit of rest and being able to go. And, man, I thought it was just absolutely priceless even to see Cole warming up there in the ninth. It was just, you know, this is playoff baseball and you got to get it done however, you know, you know, you need to do it and however it falls out. So um, just a, a fantastic pitching performance. I mean, even Holmes the night before, fantastic job. I mean, all these guys have just been kind of coming through for them and um, – you know, there's there's a bigger battle here ahead, but you know, as things have lined up for this team right now, you know, even though giving us a little bit of a scare here, and, and and tip of the hat to the Guardians for a great series, and at the end of the day, the Yankee stars came through. Um, Cole with a, just a, a masterful game there, um, you know, in Game Four, and Giancarlo and and Judge yesterday, and defensively the Yanks have played great, 
and you put it all together, and, and Booney, you know, his decision-making's been, it's just been working out. But I think more than anything else, outside of the manager making the decisions, the guy's got to go out there on the field, and they got to perform. And, and they did it. And look, I'm not sitting here, you know, um, going to go too crazy. The, the Yanks are supposed to beat the Guardians. Uh, twice, what, tr- three times the payroll? You know, you look at the stars and you look at the lineup. I mean, this is a big, okay, we still got a lot of work to do. Um, but um, we're here. We're there. And it's exciting. And, you know, as a, as a baseball fiend, fan, that's what you want. You want your team still in the dance. And what a series on tap now with the Astros. Yeah. And, I mean, look, it, there. this is what makes this a tricky proposition for the Yankees. So, uh, they're carrying a bunch of guys who I have massive question marks about. And um, we said going into this postseason that the Yankees pitching was going to have to show out other than Garrett Cole for them to truly stamp the mission accomplished uh, box here. Because they, as we've talked about since March, since our preseason show, Paul, this is not a get into the ALCS and that's good enough year for the Yankees. You have what many people believe is the MVP of the American League and Aaron Judge, who had a season for the history books. Um, You have, to your point, the largest payroll remaining in the postseason. Um, But this is not a perfect Yankees team. No this way. This is not the late 90s Yankees, right? You've got Cabrera out there. And look, this guy might have to play four different positions in the ALCS because Aaron Hicks's year is done after the collision last night. I don't know how, how many Yankee fans are really upset about that. I, I didn't want to throw that salt at the, at the proverbial wound here, but uh, I think many Yankee fans would probably argue that they're better without Aaron Hicks being available for Boone to use. But here's the problem, Paul. Giancarlo Stanton's hitting 125 in the postseason. Labor Torres is hitting 158 in the postseason. Josh Donaldson's hitting 250. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa didn't even start the last game, and he's hitting 273, which is the second-best batting average on the team behind Anthony Rizzo. The only guy who's shown up really every single day and done work is, is Anthony Rizzo. And frankly, Paul, I don't think that the Yankees are in the the ALCS if Harrison Bader doesn't play the role of Superman. And, you know, this little slap-hitting center fielder that they got from St. Louis that we talked about when, you know, blood pressures were starting to get a little high in the Bronx, you know, during the regular season. He's, you know, cruising around in a walking boot, and Jordan Montgomery's winning a Cy Young Award for the Cardinals. Um, But, but! Bader's in the LCS. Montgomery's not in. He's nothing now. (laughs) This is true. He's watching from home like you and me. But, I mean, look, this is a team that, I mean, Aaron Judge, everyone, the focus is on Aaron Judge and the fact that he is really, really slumped. But this is what happens when you get into this time of year. You face a team in seven games. They are going to know every single tendency that you have, and they're going to pick it apart. And credit the Guardians for really embarrassing judge. I mean, Aaron Savali came out yesterday and 
it, it was chilly in New York, and you could see the steam coming from the back of his trousers because he was not ready for the moment. He threw 26 pitches. He got one out, gave up three earned, and he was gone. And the only out that he got was he hung a curveball to Aaron Judge, and your boy tried to hit it 488 feet, which Schwarber did a few hours later, and swung right through it. Now, he, he turned around and got one uh, in a later at bat, but the reason Judge is looking as pedestrian as he has in this postseason is because nobody around him is doing anything other than Rizzo. And if you think the Astros are going to throw him a single pitch to hit in this series, if more than Rizzo doesn't come along for the ride, I got another thing to tell you. Uh, because no team has weaponized analytics better in the last 10 years than the Houston Astros. And obviously they've weaponized garbage cans as well. But it needs, hey, it needs to be said because you know that it's going to be said at Yankee Stadium this weekend when, you know, the Astros arrive in New York because there are two fan bases that specifically feel that they have, should have a ring on their mantle at home. Because And they don't because the Astros were banging on the drum, Todd Rundgren style. Uh, and that's the Yankees and the Dodgers. Because those were the two teams that matched up with them in the postseason in question and didn't get it. But the Astros, uh, it, what makes them dangerous is they are playing to prove everyone wrong that they don't need to cheat to win. And they're getting a team that they cheated against and beat. And I think that's that, that for me is the money. But again, the Astros are going to weaponize the analytics as well as anybody. You saw what Cleveland did. You're right. You look at it on paper, and that's Jose Ramirez. And what? Um, and, you know, Josh Naylor, God bless him for being exciting and emotional and rocking the baby. But I think he ended their postseason when he took a victory lap the way that he did, because that was just enough of a burr in the saddle for the Yankees to, to go after him. But if you think Cleveland uh, was able to use the analytics to get after the Yankees, wait until the Astros get a hold of it, because um, it, this is going to be a tough one for your pinstripes, Paul. Um, because, I mean, look, you got Jamison Tyon against Justin Verlander in game one. If there was ever a pitching matchup that screams one-sided, at least on paper, it's that. I mean, most people think Verlander's going to win the Cy Young in the American League this year against, you know, a guy who you're really penciling in for one trip through the order or three innings, whatever comes first. Uh, which is why Nestor giving it five yesterday was so huge. Because, you know, you really didn't. He threw 61 pitches, which is a number that if he needs to come back on three or four days rest, that's viable. Loisega was huge for two. And then Holmes and Peralta, you know, can probably, I, I would guess Peralta probably gets a day off today after becoming the first pitcher in history to throw in all five games of a division round. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's going to be a really tricky proposition for the Yankees to get past the Astros, Paul, because um, you look at that team, and even with Hicks out, I mean, they needed an excuse to not have Marwin Gonzalez or Matt Carpenter play, and now they need him even more. So, you know, Paul, give me, give me, your, give me your 10 cent 
uh, rundown here. How do the Yankees beat the Astros? Uh, let's see. Let's start way back in spring training. <laughs> here we go. No, I just, I, I love um, everybody just trying to put the fear in, in, in Yankees and the Yankees fans. That, Look, we know this team more than anybody else, and we've been, you know, hanging by shoestrings here the second half of the season here uh, all the way through uh, the win last night. And, you know, if you're watching the team in and out and everything and, and just like anything else, I mean, because, you know, what do you, you know, if you're looking at the Dodgers and you're looking what the Mets did and where they should be, and then you're looking at the team, the, the Braves, who won the World Series last year, and, you know, none of those teams are even, they're not here. And, um, you know, the Yankees, again, I'll go back to it in spring training, nobody gave these guys a chance. And obviously Cashman had to tinker here a little bit and bring in a couple of pieces. They weren't earth-shattering pieces. Uh, but they were enough to, uh, you know, surround some of the already built-in talent here on this team, whether it's Giancarlo, whether it's Judge, whether it's Cole, whether it's Nestor, um, you know, and, and Rizzo being here and everything else. And obviously, you know, we're forgetting the fact that Lamejo's out and whether he can come back in, we don't know. Uh, another big factor, another big bat here. Um, I, you know, look, I absolutely have all the respect in the world for the Houston Astros. There's a guy here that says we might get swept. But there's a guy here, too, that all those guys that you talked about, and I'm fully aware of how Torres has basically become an automatic out. Um, Donaldson struggling. But again, in playoff baseball, and you could see it by some of the defensive plays he made yesterday and throughout the series, this is just what you got to do as a manager. you got to just sometimes hope for the bat but you never have to worry about the glove. And in playoff baseball, that's just huge. That's why kind of Falefra's been in there for so long. Obviously, the change the last couple of games, and I think Booney made the right idea. And obviously, now it's a little different, you know, with, with Hicks coming out of the lineup. But guys like Torres and Donaldson, Falefa, um, you know, there's still guys that you can't, you can throw all the analytics you can, and you got to play through these games. And every series, somebody else kind of steps up. But I don't care who the Astros have in their, on their mound there. And if you got Giancarlo in there, and you got Judge in there, and you got Rizzo in there, and you got Gleyber Torres in there, and you can't, you can't take a guy like Donaldson lightly. And obviously now you can't take Bader Harrison lightly either. These guys will pop the ball on you. They, they're good hitters. So I look at it this way. Guys like Donaldson... Um, you know, coming into the next series here, maybe he gets his chance because, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season for the Yankees to win the division, you know, guys like Donaldson came in there and they had some big hits and they helped they helped the process out when guys like when Judge was struggling. So I think the Yankees somehow, some way have enough balance. They've proved it because they're here. They've proved somewhat of a um, – they've shown they've got balance in the pitching lineup. These guys are working together, man, because it's, it's happening. And as far as up and down the batting lineup, too, is, like I said, I don't care who you are up there, what kind of lineup you have. And I know Dusty Baker's going to have all the respect in the world is because you, you can't take a chance on maybe a guy like Donaldson. Because Donaldson has done it before. Torres did it in the first half of the season. You know, I mean, he's in there because, obviously, he's, he's one of the best catchers in the league. And you got to keep him in there defensively. And then how he's calling games with Nestor and Cole and the rest of the lineup here. And he's going to be a big part of Italian tonight. So, 
I just think, you know, as, as a baseball fan and a fan of this team is, is that what you hope is, is that these maybe not sleeping giants, but these, you know, sleeping monsters maybe just kind of wake up here in the series. Because if that happens to the Astros, if the other bats can kind of somewhat complement the other three or four big guys in this lineup who have been uh, hitting consistently now, and let's say, let's say it's Judge, let's say it's Rizzo, let's say it's Bader, let's say it's Torres or whatever, um, then you got a nice little compliment. I think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Booney does here with Carpenter with the Hicks situation. Um, you know, you'd love to get Carpenter some more bats here uh, in the lineup. I don't know how that'll work if he puts Stanton If he's out. healthy. If he's healthy. Well, I, I think it's obvious. throwing a guy out there who's damaged goods. Well, this is the thing. I think it's obvious that they're not confident enough right now to put him in the field. So, they're, they're confident. Well, to your point about the defense carrying the day, he won't put a glove on in this series. Unless no, I, they I get understand that. Yeah, I mean. Desperate. And yeah, he shouldn't. He's yeah. been below mediocre for years. And Cardinals fans will even tell you that. That's all right. But we got Cabrera there, too. So he's he's a guy you can kind of move around. And, again, I think, I think that'll work itself out. So, you know, as far as being afraid of the Astros, I look at it this way. This is the team you got to beat. If you're going to be a champion, you got to beat the Houston Astros. They're a monster, monster lineup. But come on, the, the Mariners gave them a bit of a scare. You're talking about a couple of bad pitches in that series, and, and that series goes the other way. And let's just be honest with you. It's also managerial decisions, too. Well, the Alvarez should have been walked. You know, uh, you know Booney's going to have to. This is going to be a great. I think this is something that we're going to have to really watch out for. And if, if the Yankees can kind of get the small ball going and get some runs in here and not necessarily worry about swinging for the fences. And i got to be honest with you, man. Astros are going to have to do the same thing, man. You know, and, and they've got the guys on that lineup to do it. I don't have all their averages in front of me in terms of how they did against the Mariners all the way. I just know that the Mariners gave them a good run, and it was close. What, what was that game? One game, what, 14, 15 innings for the clincher? Oh, 18. I told my, uh, I I explained it to my kids uh, that the, uh, the reality here is that it it was more of a hockey score in that series. The Seattle Mariners lost the uh, division series. Oh, three and one because (laughs) theoretically they tied for nine innings and then lost the next one. So, Uh, so that's a, that's primarily a very, uh, it's a rookie oriented, orientated team. Um, you know, a team that worked, it's, it, uh, they're a, a blue-collar team, the Mariners. And come on, it's not like the Astros skated through the park with them. So that's how I look at it with the Bryce side, too. And you've got more experience here in the Yankees. And look, look man, it's, it's all going to play out, man. This is the beauty of, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, especially at this time of the year. This is now, it's every pitch, it's every defensive play, it's every managerial decision. That was the last thing I just wanted to say. I think uh, Baker here in Booney. Uh, it's going to be huge in terms of, in terms of how they react. I think it's also, um, you know, with a seven-game series here, a little more breathing room, um, you know, and depending on, on how that goes. Ultimately, I just think the Yanks got to go in there. They got to attack. They, if they can win tonight, that'd be awesome. But definitely take one out of the first two here. Um, and I think that might help them out a little bit. And I think in the long run, minus any more injuries, um, you know, the rain, the, the Yankees, the Rangers, I'm, I got hockey on my head here too. <laughs> the Yankees, it's all about, it's balance. And I think ultimately these guys, and you, you do have pros, uh, kind of left is a pro Donaldson's a pro. I think they can find their bats here. 
Torres is due. You know, he, he got a hit eventually there yesterday, too. So, I mean, it, it, it can happen. And I think defensively, you know, it hasn't been perfect for the Yankees. Obviously, with Hicks going out here, I, you saw my comment yesterday on Twitter, too. I just still can't understand Major League ball players making Little League plays out there. It just baffles me, blows my mind. But here we are, man, and this is the game. And I don't know what it's like to stand in front of 46, 48,000 people with that kind of pressure on and, and a ball going 600 miles up into, the, into space, and then you've got to wait for it to come down, and hopefully you get it, and knowing that everybody in the world and on TV is watching you. Um, so here we are. Anyway, look, we're through, and uh, I think everybody wants this matchup. Tab, um, this is one for TV. This is one for the, the rivalry. This is one for 2017. Um, this has so much going on there. I, I, I loathe the Astros. I love Dusty Baker. Um, and more than anything, though, I love this team. I've loved this Yankee team since the beginning. And I am four wins away from them getting into the dance. And I'm three wins away on the other side of my other prediction of the Phillies getting into the dance. Just minus Joe Girardi. But here we are, buddy. So look, I'm 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 Look at you keel. rolling the I'm chalk. Even keel here, Tab. I'm even keel here. I I I I I got a good feeling and it's gonna be I'm look, I'm happy as a, a Yankee fan. I get to watch this. It's not over for the like it is for the Dodgers fans and for the Mets fans. You know, I mean that's brutal to have those kind of seasons. And now look at the Phillies last night. I mean the it's just, this is what's great about the game. And it's what's great about this new playoff uh, system, too. I love it, man. I love all of it. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, I think when we do our World Series preview, we are going to dig in a little bit on the playoff system. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, editorials from markets uh, that you have named that are no longer participating in this uh, postseason, uh, who feel like the elongated postseason does a disservice to the game because uh, the best team. Tell them to start watching hockey tap. <laughs> we we don't have a uh, we don't Welcome have to our world. silver platter delivering a World Series appearance oh, to the the Doyers. Uh, Dennis needs to watch his Kings anyway, so he can move on. But I, I read one of the worst columns I've read in a long time out of L.A. about this is stupid because you don't win 111 games and not get to the World Series. Well, no, you know what? It's called teams deal with adversity, teams deal with injuries, teams make deals at the deadline. Uh, you know, there are uh, minor league um, – systems where the first half best team plays the second half best team in their version of the world series. Um, teams make adjustments, teams get healthy. It's about being hot at the right time. And I think that these playoffs have been absolutely magnificent. Thank you. Uh, Agree. I can't, I can't wait for the Yankees Astros uh, redux to go to work. Um, you know, the Phillies-Padres game one was marvelous. Uh, we'll dig into that in a second. Um, and I think that that series sets up to be just phenomenal. Yep. And once again, like the Braves last year, uh, we are celebrating front offices that went for it. Yep. Uh, that pushed their chips in and made the decision that they needed to add uh, and did so at the expense of their pipeline, at the expense of additional luxury tax implications, uh, 
And they said, you know what? Parades are cooler than prospects and money don't matter. We'll make it back with the merch. So uh, I love these playoffs, but putting a bow on Yankees versus Astros in the regular season, they met seven times, Paul. Uh, the Astros had almost twice as many hits in those seven games as your Yankees did. Uh, they had almost twice as many extra base hits. Uh, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, uh, two guys of note that appeared in almost all the games, six for Alvarez, seven for Bregman, who had OPS uh, numbers north of 1,100, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, and Altuve was up around 900. Uh, they had 14 doubles and nine home runs as a team. Uh, 61 strikeouts in seven games for the Astros to 51 hits. Your Yankees, the blotter is not encouraging. Two of the top three OPS guys, LeMahieu and Hicks. Hicks, we just talked about, gone. LeMahieu, massive TBD. Uh, and LeMahieu was the only guy with an OPS north of Giancarlo Stanton's 823 in the seven games and Stan, if he's the best OPS left from the regular season box score, uh, he struck out 10 times in 24 at bats in those seven games, which is not ideal. Judge was just a 148 batting average. He had two home runs versus eight strikeouts. Um, and the Yankees as a team had 33 hits to 67 strikeouts in seven games. Uh, so, and you know uh, what all that means now? Zero. Zero. Nada doesn't Nothing. mean a damn thing <laughs> because you know what? What makes this playoff format great and the reason that we watch these games is everything that you just said about the New York Yankees. They are not rested. They might be hungover this morning. Um, they had to use a bullpen the day before the this series started while the Astros were sitting at home sipping tea with their pinky in the air waiting for the Yankees slash Guardians to finish that off. Um, one team looks like they are a well-oiled machine with its pitching rotation lined up and their bats all going well. Uh, the other side looks like it's hanging together with duct tape and sticks, and it doesn't matter. It's about who wins the games. And at the end of the day, you know what? There's going to be fans in Houston that want their Astros to prove the world wrong that they don't need to cheat to win a World Series against the big, bad Yankees and the big, bad whomever comes out of the National League. And I don't have to tell you, we watched the the TV last night with the guys behind the Guardians dugouts rocking that cradle every time Naylor showed his head. Um, Yankee Punk. Stadium is a hard place to play in October. It always has been. It, it Some might suggest that the mystique of the old building didn't translate to the new i would submit that the new one is just as hard to play oh, the new park is amazing because you know what maybe it doesn't have the old rickety smells and sounds and everything else it's still got the smell it's, buddy. <laughs> it, yeah i mean people still miss the toilet um but at the end of the day it's still full of new yorkers paul it's still full of new yorkers and what makes the yankees a hard team to play for and against this time of year is because it's New York. Um, so we're going to get Tyon versus Verlander tonight. Look forward to seeing if Verlander can actually look like a decent pitcher because he sure as heck didn't against that young Mariners team. And we'll see if Tyon can can you know put his big boy pants on and go do the dance with the likely American League Cy Young Award winner. So 
that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting one to watch uh, tonight on the National League side of things. Hey, real well, quick, Ted, real quick, yeah. before you go to the National League side, you know, and getting back to the playoff system here and everything else, you know, it's it's funny because you know, being a Yankee fan, and obviously I can probably speak this for the Dodgers and the Mets. It's amazing, and and you know, if the Yanks get knocked out of this thing, right? And you get a Guardians-Astros series. You know, and, and, and this is not about it all being about New York. This is just about being, you know, um, it's sexy, I guess. You know, because, uh, you know, the TV networks and all that other stuff, they want sexy. They want to be able to sell this stuff. And you know if Cleveland had got into this championship series, it just wouldn't have been sexy at all. Um, you look at with the, the, the National League where it's going right now, um, you know, I'm sure me and you as diehard baseball fans, it's sexy. I love it. Love the colors. Love Phillies and Padres, the stories, how they got there through this playoff uh, system and everything else. Um, but just maybe your, your, your quick thought, because you bring this out through not only, you know, when we talk about baseball and we also talk about hockey. Me and you off the air, we talk about sports just in general. As far as the business side of things, um, just your take on the sexiness of, of how this is played out, especially on the American League side, and, and, and what it would have been if the if the Yankees had been knocked out. Yeah, no, there's no question that um, no commissioner in any sport will ever tell you that they want big markets to be there at the end. Um, and look, Houston is one of the biggest markets in the country. Philadelphia is a passionate fan base. Um, New York is New York. And if you're not going to have Chicago or Boston, New York being there certainly helps things. And I think that, look, I think that there there would have been nuances to the game that would have been incredible for diehard baseball fans to watch between Cleveland and Houston. But you don't have the these guys lost to these guys because they were cheating dynamic. Mm-hmm. You don't have the... Uh, Yankee fans that still hold Bregman and Altuve and Gurriel personally accountable. I'm raising my hand here, folks. For them not having a ring at home or at least getting a crack at the Dodgers in the World Series. So this is the storyline that you want and you get it. Um, So that's that's beautiful. But, you know, on the other side of things, you know, looking at, at the National League side, one, I feel kind of bad for Washington Nationals fans because they're watching the guy that replaced Bryce Harper in right field and won them a ring play against Bryce Harper. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, it really just sucks to be them. Um, almost as bad as being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan watching uh, Josh Bell with the Padres uh, again, and then Garrett Cole uh, throwing for the Yankees uh and uh, Jamison Tyon, former Pirate, pitching for the Yankees. Just there's former Pirates everywhere, and yeah. that's kind of the funny thing. And, I, you know, after watching the game last night, I sent this out in a group chat to a couple buddies and coworkers. Um, watching Zach Wheeler throw seven innings of just disgusting filth. Um, Love it. I was mindful of uh, when he... Uh, took a couple shots at the Mets when he left because he wanted to. It felt like he wanted to stay with the Mets, and they just told him to 
enjoy getting paid somewhere else. And he went and got a hundred million dollars from the Phillies. And then, uh, DeGrom's former agent turned GM now turned former GM of the Mets, Brody Van Wagenen, uh, the not so grand Wagoneer as he's known uh, by Mets fans, uh, said uh, something to the effect of good for Zach Wheeler for turning two decent half seasons in five years into $105 million. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm not a Mets fan. You've, you've shared with us that you're not necessarily a Mets fan, but I, I can't imagine that it felt good for Mets fans to watch Zach Wheeler go out and absolutely shove against the and look Darvish wasn't bad no no uh, Darvish it was a great was game last night well to, it was a great uh, if you like pitching last night's National League game was what you sign up for Wheeler and Darvish went out there and shoved and Wheeler sword was fight, man. the better of the two it was fantastic the sword fight man slicing each other up it was slicing you know everybody what, up. You're, you're getting it again tonight or this afternoon rather uh the matinee You've got uh, Blake Snell, who's got a Cy Young Award at home from the American League side of things, against Aaron Nola. And I think, you know, over the years, Paul, the Phillies have had these guys show up. And I think back to what a Phillies fan told me about Brett Myers back in the day, about how he was going to be their Kerry Wood. Um, and he really was. He, he did filthy stuff and never stayed healthy and didn't amount to really helping them do anything. Um, and that's not a shot at Kerry Wood. He just didn't stay healthy for the Cubs and, and wasn't able to push them to the promised land. But for years we've heard about the Phillies having homegrown pitching that was going to be a game changer. And you look at the lineup on the field that the Phillies are putting out there and the team that they fielded last night, and the really harsh reality is that not a lot of it is homegrown. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reese Hoskins, uh, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, three out of the, the whatever, 10, 11 guys that actually took a swing last night are homegrown. And you look at their pitching staff, and not a lot of it's homegrown. But the guy, the longest tenured pitcher, the longest tenured guy on that Phillies homegrown roster is Aaron Nola. And we've been hearing for almost a decade that this dude is the truth. And this dude's going to get them to the promised land. And he has shown flashes of brilliance. And he's also been incredibly pedestrian at times. And with Wheeler starting game one, it feels like Nola's been able to take a step back and assume that secondary role and absolutely be the guy. Nola's been a dude in these playoffs. And uh, tonight he's going to go up against a, a Padres lineup that, again, same deal. They've all been bought and paid for. In fact, you look at their lineup from last night, and Cronenworth and Kim are the only two guys that swung a bat last night that are somewhat homegrown and, you know, Kim is a, is a dude that came over a little bit older because he was playing in Asia. Darvish, not obviously homegrown. Luis Garcia, who came in and through the ninth inning, was in Philly three, four years ago. Um, I remember interviewing him with uh, 
a couple other guys like uh, Hector Neris, um, who best friends in Philly. Um, but these are two teams that it's what's fascinating here is, you know, you look at the Yankees and we talk about being homegrown. They got Torres from the Cubs, but he, he really made his major league debut and, and carved out a niche for himself as a homegrown guy. Uh, kind of, if you want to say he started <laughs> his major league career, but they got him in the, in the Chapman deal that, you know, helped the Cubs win the world series. Um, Oddly enough, the team that is the most homegrown in these playoffs is the Houston Astros. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the first time I think they said ever that two teams in the NLCS didn't win 90, even 90 games. You got 89 for San Diego, 87 for Philly. Um, this, I think that the National League Championship Series uh, really reflects I think where the game is going, especially now with the extra wild card spot. And that is if you're a front office, you need to build a team in the winter. That's going to be good enough to make you make decisions in July. You want to have a, you want to have a talent base in your minor league system. That's going to give you depth to swing for the fences. And you want to spend your money wisely so that you have to make hard decisions at the deadline. And those and, and those or moves don't and or work. and or not have to make hard decisions at the trade deadline, right? And you know, not every deal works out for both sides. You know, I think you know we we take our shots at the Cardinals, how they're gone. But <laughs> the Montgomery for Bader trade really worked out well, I think, for both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. Montgomery was really what I think the Cardinals needed him to be when they needed him to be that. And you know, Bader took a while to get in the lineup and get healthy, but now that he's there. Uh, he's like I said, they're not playing this week still if Harrison Bader isn't in that lineup, but you look at the national league side of things, Paul, and these are teams that have been parceled together by front offices, spending money, taking chances on guys and making big trades when they need to. And I don't think any team in baseball is, we, we, I mean, we raved about it at the deadline. No team has gone for it as big as San Diego in the last couple of years. They made the deal with the Cubs to get Darvish. They went out and threw an astronomical amount of money at Manny Machado. Um, they went out and got Bell and Soto at the trade deadline in the biggest deal this year. But they've also got guys in Will Myers and Jerks and Profar who were number one prospects in all of baseball who – previous organizations felt were massive failures. I'll just say it. And these guys have been really good for the Padres because they've been able to find a home, play a role, and and do the thing. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm looking. What I'm watching in this National League Championship Series is Aaron Nola takes the ball in Game 2 uh, today on Wednesday. And he represents something that you don't see much of in this series. And that is a homegrown guy trying to represent the only organization that he's ever played for. Because most of the guys in this National League Championship Series uh, are on stop two, three, four, or five. And that's where baseball is going. I think we both kind of understand that. But I don't know that we've seen it as blatantly 
as we're seeing it in the National League Championship Series this year, that you have two rosters that were completely constructed almost top to bottom on the secondary market. And the Phillies did that. We that was a we had a massive discussion about this uh, before the start of the season because that's what yeah. the Phillies did. The Phillies made all these huge signings and spent all this money. And, you know, in this, as the season progressed, and obviously Girardi gets the axe here, and, you know, you, you, you know, you're looking on paper going, oh, my God, what a bust these guys have become. And, you know, again, it's the amazing length of the baseball season. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people would say, because not only in terms of the guys that they signed and the money that they got, but they, these, these were character kind of guys. These are, these are professional baseball players. These are guys who have had success on other teams. You know what I'm saying? And I think it was kind of, and then, and then you take Girardi, obviously coming from the Yankees, not only as a championship ball player, but also as a championship manager. And he lost grip of that team. And now it's played out, and you know, boom, and, and you know, you raved about Nola here in the beginning, and and here he is. You know, the Padres have to be a little concerned tonight going up against him, and if they lose against him, being two in a hole going back to Philly, that's just brutal. This is, yeah, and, and talk about a town having a week, huh? Yeah. The Eagles are undefeated. Woo. The Flyers are undefeated. With, What's Flyers? I'm on the bandwagon, buddy. <laughs> a team that was supposed to be like bottom three in the league is undefeated to start the year. <laughs> They're coming back on people. They go to Tampa <clears throat> and beat the untouchable Lightning. What are the uh, sixes prospects this year, Tim? <laughs> oh. And then, and then you got the Phillies, you know, three wins away from a World Series. Insane. It, it, it's Phillies' world, and we're all just trying to live in it, Paul. Yeah. And I it's... know that. Um, I know, I know what it is. Oh, my God. I just figured out what it is. I met the Philly Fanatic in the summer. You remember? Oh, my gosh. There it's it is. It's the Philly Fanatic hug. That's the catalyst it. was Paul. I got to post, post it out later again. I got to remember. Holy cow, that's right. I met the Fanatic this year. You changed everything for the entire city, everything. Paul. I predicted um, the Phillies would go to the World Series. I hugged the Philly Fanatic. Here we are. They're three games away. Yeah, I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're in Philadelphia right now, you are absolutely living the dream. Um, and I think when you look at what we could have coming down the pipe here, um, I mean, look, you, you've got uh, the uh, Eagles and Giants. Could you have Phillies-Yankees? Uh, could you have Flyers right? No, we're not even going to push that because let's be real. No, it's, it, 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 there's 79 that. games left in the hockey season, Tab. We yeah. have to be a little more grounded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, the, look, it, it's a wonderful time to be in Philly. But, again, you know, I think that you've, you've really got some contrasting styles here. Where you've got, and even the Yankees, let's just be real here. Judges, what, the only, if we give them credit for Glaber, they've got two homegrown guys in their lineup on a daily basis. And Cabrera's wow. just, just getting there. So you've got three teams that are pretty much secondary market bought. And then you've got the Houston Astros who have deep pockets, who are paying guys big money but are largely homegrown. Obviously, Verlander not. But... Well, they had to because he had to clean house. <laughs> to, right. All the antics. They had, they had to bring in strangers, Tab. <laughs> True. 
uh, and people didn't necessarily want to go there. That's no dirt. joke, by the way. That is no joke. The Astros were forced to clean house and bring in all these fresh faces and these no names and everything else who've actually all, like I said, full respect to turn into great prospects and great players. But let's not be light on this. The Astros had to clean house intentionally. And well, you know and, what? And, but to that end, I mean, look, the, the, the game-winning home run in the 18-inning marathon clinch game against Seattle is hit by a kid, Jeremy Pena, who was one of our first fantasy ads of the week. Great player. In Houston. And this is a young rook who gets called upon to replace Carlos Correa. And they're like, we believe in the kid, no pressure. But the reality is you're replacing Correa, who is a number one overall pick. There's pressure. Uh, and the kid had a phenomenal rookie year. Yeah. If Julio Rodriguez didn't exist, he'd be really getting a lot of buzz. And if he's not managed by Dusty Baker, maybe it's a different right. story, too. Right. So, um, the, you know, I, I think you know where we'll put a bow on this conversation as we get ready for the championship series to begin on the American League side and roll into game two with the national is uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how these things play out. Um, we've got a couple teams that have postseason history in the Astros and Yankees and a couple teams that, you know, and fan bases that have been waiting a long time for a trip back to the world series, uh, 24 years for the Padres. And I think it was 13 years for the Phillies. Um, so, this is going to be fun. It's going to be great. Uh, the only, the last thing that I'll say on this uh, is shout out to Diego, the translator for the Phillies. He's one of the best people in all of baseball. Uh, love that dude absolutely to death. He is an absolute gem. Uh, so I, there's a little bit of me pushing for the Phillies just for Diego because I'd love to see that kid get a ring. Um, but, yeah, you've got three teams that are really kind of thrown together on the secondary market. And then you got the Astros that are trying to show you that they can just keep growing these things on trees and they just pop out stars. So it's going to be really fascinating to see which two teams actually get into the dance and what they look like when they get there, because injuries are going to make a huge impact on whatever happens. Yeah. Now look, we've got two great series on tap. Um, they're the right four teams that um, should be here. Um, you know, look, I've never been a, I'm not one on being a baby and complaining about things. And if the Yanks had been knocked out too, it would have been full marks for the Guardians as well. Uh, but it didn't happen. This is what we got here. You got great baseball going on. You you look at the the whole length of the season, everything we've talked about here on LDR and what we talked about here today. The Phillies are everything's lined up. Um, and for the for the Padres, you know, even beating the Dodgers and everything else, and the Mets, it lined up. You know, the the moves that they made, the players, uh, you got to perform on the field. That's what it's all about. You got to have a little bit of luck and um, some snaz and some pizzazz there, and make it happen. And your manager's got to make the right decisions, but it all has to line up together. Uh, that's certainly happened for the Phillies and the Padres, and it gets down to, like I said, one more series. You just got to take a game in, game out. Um, Astros too. I think you bring up a great point as far as you know. They've had the layoff here. You got a Yankee team that's kind of rolling here, and maybe that's the best thing. Um, if they lose tonight, not the end of the world for the Yankees, as uh, you know, in terms of what they've uh, just been able to turn around here in the last couple of games. Uh, and I think I, I hope it's going to be a, a good, healthy, long series on both sides of it. But uh, 
I'll just say this to the Padres. You better watch out about Nola tonight, man. You lose that game. But but you never know, Tab, right? I mean, the, the Padres have enough talent in that team that even being down 2 nothing, it hasn't even happened yet. Uh, but they got enough that they can, um, you know, uh, to bring it back. And that's been great about, uh, I think, uh, all the series here is pretty much is that um, everybody's pretty much got a shot at this. Uh, it ain't over because you got just two, you know, two great lineups going up against each other. And, and here we are. And I'm not going to lie, Tab. I'm a little relieved. My Yankees have a chance here. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Well, and you know what? You're going to get uh, the city of brotherly love. Uh, we'll not get to view it in person, but they are providing us with a brotherly moment uh, tonight. The uh, catcher for the Padres, Austin Nola, is Aaron Nola's brother. Wow. So you'll get a brotherly moment, but yeah, we're uh, we're we're definitely excited for the baseball. Looking forward to it. Let's see if Schwarber can hit one 500 tonight. Let's see if he can hit one all the way to wherever the San Diego Chargers are playing now. <laughs> he's trying to reach his bank teller's account. That's what he's trying to hit, man. It's all good <laughs> stuff, man. All right, love it. Thanks as always uh, for hanging in there with us as LDR. It's great to be back here, and we'll do uh, definitely have a couple more uh, going here before the uh, this thing is all wrapped up. But enjoy the games, man. This is the best baseball in the world right now. Tune in every pitch, every swing. It's all good stuff. So on behalf of myself and Tab, uh, thanks for uh, listening. Tab, as always, please say goodbye to the folks as we lock the gates here and turn the lights out and the sprinkles back on before we head out to the parking lot. Well, if it's cold as heck where you are, like it is here in uh, Chicago, uh, go find your favorite baseball team hoodie. Uh, bundle up and watch the games because we're going to have good ones. Absolutely. All right, boys and girls. Enjoy the baseball. Play ball. Here we go. It's big time, baby. Ow! Thank you.